Hello and welcome to Women Travel, a podcast where I interview women about the things they've done in foreign countries. This week, I interview Heather Watts about her experiences in Central America. I would like to apologize now for my ignorance because I frequently say South America instead of Central America, and we will both have to live with that. Enjoy. So, you have a story about your epic adventure in Cancun. I do. Let's hear it. Let's okay. just go. Uh, <laughs> Let's just jump I, into it. Uh, booked a room and didn't realize that I was getting an awesome rate because they're trying to sell me a timeshare. So that morning I got up, went to the pharmacia, got some over-the-counter medicine, and went to the bar. Is this a is this an herbal medicine? No. Oh. No. Fascinating. Yeah. In Mexico, you don't need a prescription for your drugs. You just go to the pharmacy and ask them for what you want. So, so it wasn't pot? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I don't even remember. Whatever they gave me. It was probably like some pills that would make me go up or some pills that would make me go down. So just, you were just like, whatever you want yeah, to give me, Yeah, just give I'll me something it. fun. So empty stomach, um, pills on board, bathing suit on. I hit the swim up bar. I have a black bracelet on, which means I get top shelf liquor and I start drinking Patron. Three hours later, I'm supposed to go to meet a gentleman that I've agreed to meet when I signed into the hotel to discuss this timeshare. I thought it'd be like a half an hour. It was a high pressured sales like meeting and almost everyone in the at the resort was there and I was shit faced. <laughs> I can sit on my chair. So the gentleman that I was discussing not buying a timeshare with ordered me some coffee, mm-hmm. delicious coffee. I was sipping it and I choked on the coffee and sprayed the coffee all over the man's face <laughs> and his beautiful white linen button down shirt. Just bathed him in it. And then I promptly fell off of my chair and in sheer mortification, crawled to the exit, which was opening, and I just crawled through some people's legs and down <laughs> to the pier okay. because I didn't trust myself to walk any longer. Got it. And uh, it's very fuzzy from there, but I got a taxi boat because they have taxi boats that take you from pier to pier. Don't know how I paid for it or if someone... I don't even know how I got back to my hotel. I didn't remember the name of it or anything, and I was in downtown Cancun. For this conference, were they just like, "Hey, you're probably the only people at this resort." Process Quite of elimination. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Never even dawned on me. You're the first <laughs> to ever bring that up. Uh, so I make it back, and I'm crawling and staggering and falling down. And some man says, "Let me help you to your room." So unwittingly, I just give him my key, and he takes me to my room. Okay. Uh, no problems. He just dropped me off, but he kept the key. And the next day I woke up and he was staring at my chest. I was, I had gotten uh, undressed and fallen into bed and been asleep for, I don't know, 16, 18 hours or something. And I sure. woke up to, to him just sitting calmly there, staring at my breasts, which were exposed. And I freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Chased him out of my room, moved rooms. And that is my wild story in Cancun. I don't know if there's really an ending to it. I was so drunk and hungover. I spent, you know, the next two days in my room. And uh, when I got off the plane, I had like a second and third degree sunburn from my three hours in the sun and then my trip <laughs> back to the hotel. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't get loaded alone in foreign countries and go anywhere. <laughs>
Well, I'm glad you're still with us, Heather. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> okay. So I feel like maybe the theme of this podcast or this episode could be vacation safety. Or maybe. Just, <laughs> yeah. Or to steal a line from another favorite podcast that I love. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Yes. Right? Woofed it. Um, <laughs> I guess my first question is how... So this person contacted you about a timeshare. How did you end up in Cancun? No, I just booked a room at an all-inclusive resort. Were you just traveling in South America? Or I in the islands? I had a direct flight to Cancun. Okay. Well, not a direct flight. Two-part flight. Flew right into Cancun and got on a bus to come here to the hotel or whatever, to go to the hotel. Mm -hmm. And checked in. And when I checked in, they were like, oh, you can get a really good rate if you want to go to this meeting later. It's about a timeshare. And I thought it would just be like something really simple and easy. You know, you don't want to go on vacation and then spend seven hours in a room discussing financial particulars oh, yeah. with anyone especially mm -hmm. in a foreign country. So I just assumed it would be fairly light in in a in obtrusive. Is that a is that a word? Unobtrusive. Unobtrusive. There you go. Thanks, wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was like six hundred dollars off of a, the room for the week to agree to the go to the timeshare meeting. So wow. who could turn that down? And no, you got I'd a totally free go you got a free meal mm -hmm. and the upgrade to the black bracelet, which was pretty nice. much like so high end, all inclusive, everything. Yeah. Wow. You put it that way, and I'm like, no, I totally would have done the same the same thing. thing, and not realizing yeah. like that you're in the water. You're in 100 plus degree weather. You're drinking like a fish. Plus, you have some pharmaceuticals on board. Yeah. What? What could go wrong? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I guess, is there anything you would have done differently? I wouldn't have taken the pills. Okay. I wouldn't have signed up for the timeshare. Like at all? No. So you don't think it was worth it? No, I could have drinking middle shelf tequila and still had as much fun. And um, Probably not thrown coffee on someone. From my mouth. Thrown <laughs> coffee on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Right. It was... <laughs> a humility, humiliating and um, terrifying experience when I looked back on it because mm -hmm. I really put myself at risk. How many countries in South America have you been to? That was my first solo trip. I grew up okay. in Southern California until I was ninth grade. Mm -hmm. and we went to Mexico quite often. So I had felt comfortable going back mm -hmm. and experiencing it on my own. I had raised children. I'd been married. I'd held jobs i had a degree in college like yeah i'd been living mm -hmm. and experiencing life so i felt super comfortable with it okay you know so when i went to the bahamas i didn't i didn't buy any crazy drugs just marijuana right so the bahamas yeah. is afterwards yeah but the bahamas was last year oh november 2018 beautiful weather but we're not allowed to talk about the bahamas oh we can <laughs> it's got a lot of um well i have a medical marijuana card in real life uh -huh. but down there you're breaking the law, but I'm probably not going to go back. So, yeah, I bought a lot of marijuana in the Bahamas. Okay. So how would you compare the two experiences? Um, the Bahamas was much better. I um, wasn't in an all-inclusive resort. I got out. I took taxis everywhere. I experienced the food and the local culture. And when I got home, there was all these news stories about how people shouldn't be traveling alone in the Bahamas and how dangerous dangerous it is for women and I didn't experience any of that I didn't ever feel like I was in danger at one point I lost $700 in cash in the back of a taxi and it was returned to me within an hour I mean it's Whoa. a small island everybody knows everybody mm -hmm. it was easily determined what taxi I was in who was driving it just seemed like that's what they always do did they just return whatever 
is lost. So everyone was really friendly. I could understand what they were saying. I don't it in- speak fluent Spanish. So that was also a barrier for me in Mexico. How would you describe the culture of the Bahamas? Or did you get a sense of that? I was very Caribbean, very family-oriented. They have these giant drum sessions where basically everyone on the island drums. And they have like different groups and they all practice at their own times and it's this giant park in the middle of the island and so they're always practicing and then they perform for the president and you know the distilleries the rum distilleries way fun (laughs) i rolled a cigar at this really old hotel in a cigar rolling class just did things that i never really thought i would ever do and then i smoked the cigar (laughs) and did it it stay together when you smoked it Way to go. Great teacher. Great (laughs) teacher. He'd been only doing it for like 60 years. This little old man. (laughs) Only 60 years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How was, can you walk me through the cigar making class? Uh, They give you the leaf. Uh They give you the tobacco. Well, you get to choose the tobacco that you want to put in. And um, I just kind of followed the guy next to me. Uh And uh, they give you all the little tools and you just start. And you make a mess of it, and you get, like, three goes at it, and mm. then you get all three cigars. Oh, neat. So I only smoked the last one because the first two look like shit. hmm Just saying. I had a very different experience learning how to roll cigarettes where, uh, yeah, I had a friend who was teaching me how to do it, and he would, like, destroy everyone that wasn't good enough. Oh, no. And, yeah, so, like... <laughs> By, like, the seventh cigarette, I'm like, please don't wreck it. And, like, he finally smoked that one. So you can, like, roll a nice straight one? Huh? You can roll a nice straight cigarette? Not anymore. Oh. Okay. (laughs) I can roll a mediocre one now. Okay. So that brings me to, it sounds like your trips to South America have mostly been resortish, very vacation style. Yes. And I'm wondering, do you wish you'd been able to explore yes. more? Yes. I wanted to be able to go to the ruins. I wanted to be able to do a lot of things. I was mm-hmm. very intimidated in Mexico. There were trucks full of militiamen. When was this? Um, I think it was 2008. Hmm. So it's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they were everywhere. So trucks with you know two guys in the front and then maybe 12 guys standing up in the back with some machine guns in military dress and you see them everywhere and so my limited phrase into the city like you're constantly being bombarded to buy like cocaine from shady dudes in an alley and at the same time the militia is driving by and you're just like no no (laughs) you know you're like (laughs) this feels like a trap it's stressed and you're just like yeah and then you get to the resort and it's a different kind there's like that everybody wants to wait on you you can't quite find your moment alone Mm. um that push from the staff just to make make sure you're happy but not everyone wants to be waited on hand and foot more like a Disneyland feel. Yeah. Soft serve at every corner around the, the place. You know, I'm just like... Hold on. Did you just complain serve. about ice cream? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have lobsters on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, more Disneyland feel. More kid. Sure. More family friendly. Um, the place I stayed in the Bahamas, you didn't see a lot of children. It was a new hotel. I was on the 22nd floor. Uh, there was a peregrine falcon that came onto my balcony every day. And like, we made eye contact and he sometimes ripped little baby creatures apart on my balcony for effect. But every room had a personal butler. So there was like no ice machine to be found. You had to ring the butler 
to get in Mexico or in no, and that was in the Bahamas. So it was a totally more elitist Hmm. fill. I swam with pigs in the Bahamas. Cool. And uh, snorkeled with turtles and saw like reefs and colorful fish. And you couldn't really do that in the Mexico because of the sharks. So there was like limited lagoon Mm. and then swim at your own risk. And I'm I'm scared of sharks. Sure. I watched Jaws when I was a kid, snuck into the movie theater, <laughs> messed me up for life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen a shark in real life? Yeah. Oh, okay. Was that terrifying? Um, Where was that at? Yeah. I went snorkeling once in Mexico. I went on a little boat with some mm-hmm. of the other folks from the hotel, mm-hmm. and they took us out. And so the boat like t- just turned around in open water. He let us snorkel. And we all, like, plopped in, and there's, like, a giant barracuda. And he's like, just don't move fast. And so we're all just like, I'm hyperventilating. For those who can't see, uh, Heather just froze. Yeah. <laughs> froze. <laughs> yeah. It was like, can I? Can you just lift me out of the water? Do you have, like, a crane to pluck me right out? Because <laughs> I'm I just block- terrified, and I'm probably peeing the ocean right now. <laughs> I was just wondering, can you do, like, a dead man's float while snorkeling, and that maybe that's good enough? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Eventually, after, like, an hour, he moved off. He never really seemed like he was dangerous. But yeah. he was, you know, 500 feet away and scary. So what would you recommend for someone who hasn't really explored like uh, there are a lot of people especially in america who have heard very negative things about south america especially the areas you've you've been talking about and (laughs) so i'm curious what would you recommend for someone who you know is there or wants to vacation there and how can they break out of that resort feel that resort box almost research yeah research and get comfortable with the idea of where you're going know where you want to go understand what you want to do and how you're going to do it. So if seeing the ruins is your deal and you don't want to join a tour, but you want to go find out if there's a car rental place, or if you can drive in that country, what's going to cost you to drive in that country. What are the driving laws? Sure. And then just baby step out from there. Where are you going? How far is it going to be? Do you need food for your trip? Mm -hmm. How long do you think you want to be gone? So on and so forth. And just really, I don't think that you can overplan something like that. I think you can overstress miniature details, but I think it's good to have play in your plan. So maybe another place you want to go if the first place doesn't work out. What mm-hmm. if you get somewhere and like it's closed off to the public that day? Having an alternate plan. Yeah. Um, these are really good things that once you're prepared and you don't go into something blind, you're more capable and you seem more confident in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I would have done that instead of just kind of like a sheep to the slaughter kind of a thing, I would have had a lot more fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, by the time I went to the Bahamas, I turned that around for myself and I knew what I wanted to do. Okay. Now I have to flip this and just be like, hey, what would you caution people who still want to wing it? Oh, well, then just wing it. <laughs> but it's probably better to wing it if you have like a co-pilot. Mm, yeah. You know, another female that wants to travel, any friend, someone that can wing it just like you and you've already experienced some travel with even if it's just a day hike or 
any stressful situation you've gone through with someone, if you guys have traveled through that and come across okay, Mm -hmm. uh, that's the person that you can travel with. And you're still doing your own thing, but you might be just traveling with them to a certain point or knowing other people that have gone and reaching out to them to find out what they might know of the area. Because once you go somewhere, you have so much more insight. So if I had actually seen ruins... Mm -hmm. I would have something more insightful to say about going to them. But most likely, I wish I would have just planned and not left myself to that totally free will. I get wanting to wing it, but how far do you want to take that wing? Like, And do you think traveling, especially to South America, has given you a different perspective? Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of things in America are just expected to be the norm in other places and it's really not like that at all. Can you give me any examples? Um, pharmaceutical advertising on TV. We're the only country, I believe, that allows pharmacy pharmaceutical companies to advertise on your TV. So that's the majority of the commercials we see. Mm. Go to a foreign country, that's not allowed. And it, so it doesn't take up a bunch of that advertising. You actually see things that they're selling or places you can buy a car or places to eat with your family if you actually live there they're geared towards family and they're geared towards society and they're geared towards well-being in a totally different way where so the pharmacies that's a huge thing or the pharmaceutical companies um another thing that's very different is the way we put stock into what we wear how we wear it what we look like we're very, very self-centered people. When you go to other countries, I found like in Mexico, go walk around Tijuana and see what the other half lives like and see what is important in each cultural area. It is family. It is food. It is textiles. It is earthy things. And in Mexico, beautiful. Would you say color is more important than like brand name? Yeah, most definitely. And fabric, whatever the fabric is that they have on like clothes that they're wearing they aren't mm-hmm. they aren't name brands they're colorful they're fun they're vibrant they're loose we're all mm. like in our tight jeans and our tight t-shirts <laughs> and so, i remember yeah. living in southern california and wearing like black skinny jeans and i'm like this is so stupid right. but everyone is wearing the same so thing. i must do what everyone else <laughs> is doing and i think that's a huge american thing Mm. i mean i don't know about like mexican teenagers per se but in like the family sense of it i don't think that mom's really worried about what her next door neighbor is gonna wear and i feel like there's some semblance of that like that middle class mother soccer mom area of america (laughs) and drives me nuts do you think that you brought some of this mentality back home to your own family i would hope so yeah I would hope so. I don't know. I think it just opened my eyes for myself and maybe I was able to lead by example where I wasn't taking everything so critically about where I was standing in society based on my clothing choice or what shoes I was wearing or if I had the right purse. You were talking about the pharmaceutical advertisements and it reminded me of the uh, fix-it mentality. And I'm curious if you observed a similar thing or a different, I guess, attitude. I think I brought the pharmaceutical attitude with me when I was like, (laughs) I'm going to go straight to the pharmacy and get whatever drug I want because they're all advertised on TV in America and I think I know what I want. Okay. Basically. (laughs) And I don't think that I stood in line behind a bunch of local people. I think I was standing in line behind a bunch of Americans (laughs) to get to the pharmacy. And so I don't think that they are trying to fix it that way. Mm. Um, I think that 
If it's needed, it'll be prescribed. And if you don't need it, then you're not worried about it. It's not in your face every day. Sure. Because that's that's what it promotes to me, at least, is saying, oh, you have a problem. Fix it now. Yeah. And here's the solution. You should ask your doctor, do you relate to this? (laughs) (laughs) These things shouldn't scare you. Oh, Crohn's disease, you just described it just vague enough that maybe I have it, even though I still don't know what it is. And that's why it's like I think we're a, we're a bunch of hypochondriacs in America. Totally. <laughs> okay, I did think of one more question. Do it. Can you help define what is a timeshare? It's like something that you buy into and you get to use a certain number of weeks a year. So basically they're selling you a hotel room on in a resort mm-hmm. that they're selling to a million other people all over the world that travel to Cancun, Mexico. Or you can get them in Big Sky. I mean, we're here in Bozeman, Montana. There's timeshares in Big Sky. Sure. Like grandma had a timeshare in Big Sky. I grew up skiing there. We got it two weeks every month in the winter months. <laughs> you know, so that's what a timeshare is. You're just purchasing the use of a home for a set amount of time okay. based on how much you're paying. And it's a yearly investment. It's not like one and done. It's like we're going to keep tapping it and tapping it and tapping it. It's like t- rent almost. Yeah. But imagine getting rent from like 1,500 people or some crazy number for just a small amount of rooms. Yeah. That's essentially what's happening. Great. Uh, (laughs) You're like, I hate timeshares. (laughs) Well, so do I. (laughs) Uh, My brain does not approve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so you go to the timeshare in Mexico, and this was your first time in Mexico. And you just, what did you do then on your first trip? My first trip. I ate my free dinner the first night. I walked on the beach the second day, hit the pharmacy, mm-hmm. hit the bar, did a lot of swimming, uh, laying on the beach, uh, walked downtown maybe four or five times, a couple of nights. You know, it was just a real whatever I wanted to do. I read, I probably brought like six books with me. I probably read three of them. So it was just a lot of, you know, as a mom of three children. Spending time by yourself is gold. Golden, I tell you. I <laughs> ate a lot of French fries and uh, ate really whatever I wanted. I wasn't a vegetarian at that point. so mm-hmm. Sounds very relaxing. Yeah, it was really fun. Sometimes I would just have dessert for dinner. That's right, dessert for dinner. That's some... Some big, big woman energy. Yeah. yeah. Just doing whatever, whatever I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And um, that must have been really liberating. It was probably the most empowering thing ever for me at that point. Um, I was going through a divorce. It was rocky. We were separated. It was really good to be able to go and do my own thing. Kind of take that deep breath and think about, is this something I can do at home? Mm. Yeah, probably I can. And so, yeah, it was like a gift to myself. It seems like a good way to learn how to make time for yourself. Like, okay, how can I transfer this? Yeah. That's where I first took up cross-stitching. And now look where I'm. Cross-stitch like a boss. Yeah. (laughs) A dirty boss. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so Cancun was your second trip? First. Cancun, Mexico is my first trip. Got it. Bahamas was last year. In the middle, I did Maui, but that's not a foreign country. Oh, that's in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. I know this. Yeah. I suck at geography, in all that's honesty. That's right. But I'm slowly getting better because yeah. other women are telling me about places that I don't know where they are. Then I have to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really jumped on that one. I, I hardly noticed. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, now I feel special. You um, are. This has been Women Travel. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I know Heather and I certainly have. And if you'd like to see more about Heather, she does have an Instagram. What is it? Montana Mountain Goddess. And I love it because... (laughs) (laughs) You're in it sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Plus it has really fun little blurbs about what you're doing. Yeah. uh, Which is exciting. Um, All right. That's all for this show. And I hope you guys keep uh, staying curious. It's a big old world out there. Don't be afraid of it. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank Peach Street Studios and Luke Sheeler for all of their help. And without Luke, we would have one less badass drummer in the world. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can reach me on Instagram at Morgan Estberg or at my email, womentravel at gmail.com, women spelled with a Y. I can't announce the next episode because I'm in the middle of moving. I apologize since both of us aren't sure what the future holds, but I will still be uploading a podcast in two weeks, and we'll find out what happens then. I went to the Bahamas too, but I did a lot of illegal things there, so I don't know if I want to share that with you. Just saying.